Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel lesson for this morning comes from John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where, where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you in the name of God, the Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, to give myself a little grace post-Easter, I uh, didn't actually write this sermon this week, but I wrote it six years ago on the same text, and I figure we've got enough new faces since then, and uh, the rest of you probably forgotten, so <laughs> can dust it off again. So you're telling me that you guys were all in a locked room and a rabbi just showed up? I'm telling you, Thomas, Jesus is alive, Peter said. You guys met together without me? Why wasn't I invited? Is that really important now? I'm telling you, Thomas, our teacher is alive. He showed us the wounds in his hands and feet and everything, Peter insisted. Why, if he is truly resurrected, does he still have the wounds of his, his, his crucifixion? Thomas responded sorrowfully. I'm not sure why he's still wounded, but it proves that he's not just a ghost. <clears throat> it is Jesus. It is truly him, and he is alive. Why do you test my broken heart so. 
unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark in his hands and my hand in his side. I will not believe, Thomas said definitively. In terms of being close to the source, it is hard to get much closer than Thomas to the crucifixion. And to not only the crucifixion, but also the death and resurrection of Jesus. He was there when the man was hauled off to prison and to his trials. He knew the loss of his teacher and friend firsthand, one for whom he had given up everything to follow. He also knew the other disciples with whom he had trotted around the Judean countryside for years. He knew when they were in good spirits, when they were afraid, when they were excited, and presumably when they were telling the truth. Thomas had firsthand personal knowledge of the honesty and credibility of the other ten. Cannot get much closer to the source of the resurrection and the firsthand account of it by the disciples than Thomas was. And yet, Thomas doubted. He was as close as you could get to Jesus' first appearance after his death. It was the evening of Easter Sunday when all of this went down. I mean, it was the same day that Jesus was raised. He could only have gotten closer to the resurrection if he had been in the room when Jesus initially appeared, walking through walls or however he got into that locked room. In response to the ground zero telling of the gospel story about Jesus, Thomas responded, Unless I see the mark of the nail in his hands, and put my finger in his hands and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Unless I see and touch, I will not believe. The first of many doubts that would greet us apostles of Jesus as we all spread the good news to the world around us. <coughs> but just, but, just as I believe the disciples who saw Jesus alive witnessed his resurrection on our behalf, so too I believe that Thomas doubted on our behalf as well. This may be a strange notion that someone could doubt for us, but hear me out. Thomas' conditions uh, to the other disciples are not that different from many of the conditions that people still have and still place on God in exchange for belief. I like to call these the holy ifs, if you will. Conditions like, God, if you help me get over this cold, then I will go to church more. Or God, give me a, if you make the boss give me a raise, then I will pray more. Or, God, if you are real and alive, then you will heal my loved one from her, her illness and save her life. Unless, 
if, then. Natural sentiments that creep up in all of us. It is easy for us to imagine that if God is all good and truly loves us, then that love will result in many good things in our life. So we envision situations in which we can obviously see God's presence and goodness and condition it with statements like, if you save them, then I will believe. As though God needs our faith in order to be good to us. So Thomas, immediately following the resurrection, corroborates our doubt and joins with us in lifting up the challenging nature of faith. Simply put, it is hard to believe. I believe that for Thomas, as I shared at the beginning of the service, or in the sermon, I mean, that he desired to grieve in peace. A desire which the disciples tested when they said that Jesus was now, now alive. I imagine that many of us also desire signs. If only God would show up in our lives in a way that we cannot deny, then we would believe without question. I've heard a similar sentiment going in the opposite direction as well. Citing that the overwhelming presence of evils in our world only proves God's absence. And aside, writing this six years ago, can, uh, it's hard to envision six years ago what we've been through this past year in a collective, global, international sense. Pandemics, for many, would maybe reveal God's absence. Many have questioned me over the years. How can you really believe when you hear things about uh, things like the school shooting at Newtown, the earthquake in Haiti, or the 90 Christians who were martyred for their faith in Kenya a few years ago? Do you really believe that God exists when he allows these terrible tragedies to continue? These are important questions which Thomas proves are as old as Christianity itself. From the same moment that people began believing in the resurrection of Jesus, Thomas initiated a tradition of people questioning it. It proves that faith in the resurrection is not something that people just acquired easily in the beginning and they began to doubt down the road. From the very day of Jesus' resurrection, its reality was doubted. But Jesus did appear. God showed up. And when he did, he consoled Thomas in his doubt. He said, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Just as Thomas doubted for our sakes, Jesus reassured him in his doubt for us as well. Jesus showed himself to be truly alive by his wounds. He not only appeared to Thomas, but Jesus also identified himself by inviting Thomas to put his hands in the wounds from the nails and the spear. 
Our resurrected Lord was not identified by halos, angel wings, fairy dust. No. He was identified by the scars of his torture and execution. The wounds he bore for our sake are part of God's resurrected life now. Jesus did not show up just because Thomas demanded it as a condition of his faith, but instead to proclaim to us through Thomas that we are blessed when we believe without seeing. When Thomas had put his own hands in Jesus' wounds, he proclaimed, My Lord and my God! Now he recognized Jesus to be truly alive and for the first time proclaimed him to be God. Through his resurrected wounds, Thomas was able to recognize that Jesus is our God and our Lord. But more importantly, Jesus used this as an opportunity to preach the challenge of faith to those of us who come after and read this gospel account. He said, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet come to believe. Jesus appeared to Thomas ultimately to proclaim to us in our doubts. Just as we have solidarity with Thomas in his doubting, we also join with him in moving from doubt to faith in Jesus' resurrection. You who are gathered here, listen to the words that Jesus is speaking to you. Blessed are you who have not seen Jesus in person and yet have come to believe in him. You have looked with faith through time to see our Lord resurrected. You have trusted in Thomas' hands as they felt the wounds on Jesus' wrists and side. You have come to believe without seeing, and you are blessed for it. We gather in worship to struggle to overcome the doubts that creep up in us so naturally and be moved to faith by the presence of Christ in our midst. The Christian life is not one of perfect faith like some imaginary character that I have never found in the Bible, but is more like the example of Thomas, who knows that faith and doubt in the resurrection go together. The Christian faith is a life of being honest about the doubts that we may have about the miraculous life and presence of God. And then looking beyond those doubts and faith. So I leave you with the reassuring words of Jesus as we struggle through doubt to believe in him day after day. Blessed are you who have not seen Jesus in person and yet still have come to believe in him. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.
Amen.